a film with three brains. It's 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 a film with three brains. Oh my god, you guys are freaks. Look at all them birds. Those things are always waiting on something to die so they can eat it, right? What a weird job. That's an airplane. I wonder how long it's been here. It's probably one of those drunk doctors. You know how they're always crashing their plane, you know? Oh, my God, look at this. Those are $100 bills. I bet it's drug money. You know what? If this guy's a dope dealer, we're just like Robin Hood. <laughs> it's a police matter now. What do you think we should do? What if we didn't turn it in? It's stealing. It's the American dream and a gym bag. He just wants to walk away from it. You work for the American dream. You don't steal it. Then this is even better. Can you tell us what this is all about? <laughs> Looking for a plane? Four I'm taking the money back right now. Somebody come search for the money. I'll burn Gotta it. get out of there. Everything okay? He's gonna shoot all three of you as soon as he sees the plane. You gotta make this look like it was an accident. Hello and welcome to a film. <laughs> that was like over the top. Yeah, good. I, I'm, glad I get to, I'm glad I get to re- read you that one. <laughs> no, we're no. We're so live. We do. I'm gonna do it even. I'm gonna do we're it even better. We can't cut. Hello and welcome to the film with three brains. This is Sean in Chicago. <laughs> this is Cohen in Maplewood, New Jersey, and Sam in San Francisco. Uh, listeners, I apologize for that outburst. I don't know what came over me. Uh, maybe it's this crazy movie that we we are going to talk about. It's called A Simple Plan. It's 1998 crime movie directed by Sam Raimi. Um, it stars Bill Paxton, Billy Bob Thornton, some other folks. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm not really sure. Uh, I, I guess I just it's just been on my list and. Uh, you know, I think we all enjoy a good crime movie. Sure. If you want to call it that. I mean, it's it's not like a lot of crime movies in, in which, you know, there's sort of more different factions. And, you know, when you think, when I think crime movie, I think of either mafia or, some, you know, nefarious people or, some, or assassins, mm-hmm. stuff like that. This is more like people next door crime story. Yeah. For better or worse. I guess a thriller, I suppose. Yeah, it's a bit of a thriller, yeah. you know. This movie's yeah. gut-wrenching. Yeah. I sat in a cold sweat like I felt like I was <laughs> sick with the flu the entire movie. <laughs> yeah. I'm serious. This yeah. like there are very few movies that make me feel that way and this is one of them. I just I like I I just want to look away. I'm like yeah. or fast forward. I'm like just it's like, don't. it's like watching Fargo without the humor. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not a it's not a criticism at all. It's just that's no. just what it is. Yeah. yeah. A- after I picked the movie, I thought this is the kind of movie that will drive Sam crazy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was not intentional though. It really wasn't. But yeah, I was thinking, oh yeah, this you know, um I haven't seen uncut gems, but people tell me that's oh, uh, gut wrenching as well. It is. Yes. It's hard to watch. It, it, yeah. It is. It is. I mean it's good. It's really good, but if you really like uncut gems, to... you ha- and you haven't seen this movie, you have to see this movie. 
We'll put that out there. Like I, I, I had someone who listens to our podcast be like, sometimes I don't know what the heck you guys are talking about. Like I don't, I don't remember the movie. I don't. And then you make references to other movies that I don't remember and people I don't remember. And I'm like, okay. All right. So I was like, well, we'll at least try to do you the favor of being really clear cut of saying like, if you like, maybe it would help if, if you like X, then maybe you'll also yeah. like Y. Yeah. Yeah. And this is, this is that movie. If, if you're right, uncut gems, like sitting around sweating, being like, no, don't do it. Please just stop. You know, <laughs> and that, that feeling, if yeah. you like that and you've liked uncut gems, you'll like a simple plan. And this, yeah. this is a, I mean, this is a movie I think that nobody remembers. Yeah. Yeah. That might be part of why I picked it too. It's kind of under the radar. It yeah. didn't do extremely well at the theater. Surprising. I saw I was, I was one of the few people who saw it at the theater. I did huh. too. Jeez. I did too because I was a huge at the time I was I mean I still am but I was a huge Sam Raimi fan. You know, even before the Spider-Man movies, you know, I mean it was Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness for me were and then The Quick and the Dead which I f- fucking loved. <laughs> Which came out right before this, so of course I was like, "Oh, Sam Raimi's making a movie," and actually, I think part of, uh, it may even affected my opinion of it. I mean, I remember liking it, but I also remember being kind of, uh, I don't know, not dumbfounded, but just sort of curious about. It. I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah. that was uh, that was a Sam Raimi movie." <laughs> yeah, okay. it was good. So I think the second time around, I have a, a, a much deeper appreciation for it because I'm not carrying that sort of ridiculous army of darkness and evil dead two baggage with me, expecting oh. it to be something like that, you know? Huh. That's interesting. Yeah. Cause I actually thought it was interesting because it was different from his other movies. Yeah. Well, I mean, sure, I guess that's of kind of what you're saying, but I'm, I'm kind of coming at it from, I guess that's part of the reason I picked it was because. It's not, it's atypical for him. It's mm-hmm. atypical for Bill Paxton to play this yeah. kind of role. Sure. I mean, you know, I mean, how, how much did you laugh when his voiceover started? You know, <laughs> right. as soon as he starts talking, you're like, oh, Bill Paxton. But then it, after a while, you're like, oh no, it's just, it's, it's just this guy. He's, you know, he's yeah. Hank. He's this guy, Hank, and he's in over his head and it's not going to get any better. I, I don't think, you know, you kind of think maybe he, something might come out of it. No, no just not going to go well for him. (laughs) And I wonder if that's, I mean, the, it's like the plausibility is just enough. You know, he's kind of makes some rational decisions. He makes some tough choices, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, but he never, he never really breaks. He never really changes his, his, uh, his, you know, his rational mind as far as, as far as I could tell, like he didn't go nuts or have a, have a weird, you know, mm-hmm. a wild hair and, and decide to just run off and do something crazy. I mean, obviously he's, that's, that's how it's set up. The character, he, I'll, um, I'll give a little bit of a plot synopsis. He's has a pregnant wife and his brother is, lives in town with him. He has a steady job, but not a great job. And, uh, they find all this money in a plane and crashed plane, crashed plane in the woods randomly. And they, the simple plan refers to let's, you know, they all want to keep it, but he's the only one that says like, wait a minute, let's, let's, you know, at first he says, let's, let's give this up. Let's get, let's go to the cops. And then he's kind of worn down a little bit by Lou, his brother's friend. And, and then he comes up, he, it's actually his plan to say, let's hold on to the money, money. This, you know, the snow is covering the plane when 
spring comes, they'll find the plane. If no one is looking for the money at that time, we'll split it up and we'll leave town. And I think the most important part of that was the leave town part. Yeah. It seemed like it. At least that seemed like the most rational part. Like, okay, we, we are, you know, tied up in all this, this crap. Let's, let's make sure we don't, you know, hang around and spend money in this nowhere town, which everybody knows each other. I mean, it just, it's just silly. And they're on first name basis with the sheriff. Um, you know, so that's the simple plan. And it, it all goes to hell because they're idiots. At least, <laughs> you know, his brother is not, not, uh, too with it. His brother's friend is not with it at all. And we find out later that his brother's friend is, is in debt, needs money quickly. I thought that was a nice touch that they kind of saved that for later. You know, he yeah. could have brought that up immediately, but then it would have been, again, it would have been too obvious. It would have been a little bit like, oh, well, you obviously need money. So you're just, you're just arguing to keep the money because you need it, you know? Yeah. But he didn't bring that up. He didn't, it, you know, it was, it was, he played it cool just enough. So it made sense that they would, these kind of, these, you know, the, the, the shoe keeps dropping or, you know, a little, little more information trickles out as the movie goes along. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I think I I think I did enjoy it about as much as the first time. I didn't remember how it went down. I, the only thing I could clearly picture in my mind was that woman getting shot across the room with a shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> I was that like, was I know the only Sam Raimi moment yeah. <laughs> of yeah. the body flying backwards that was <laughs> belonged yeah. in other movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That part held up. I was like, oh, yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah. But, you know, (laughs) it's still a very dialogue character driven movie with Mm -hmm. brief outbursts of violence. (laughs) Yeah. But I like that the violence is done well, that the, you know, there's attention to detail in in a lot of the stuff. Um, So whether and I mean, it's painful, but I mean, what are what other outcome could there be really? It's hard to it's hard to come up with a plausible way to end it without misery and heartache and stuff. Yeah. Well, I no, mean, I mean, it wouldn't have been a movie if they would have just stuck to the plan and everything went uh, yeah. everything went or perfect just, and we or just, just left. called the po- you know called the police the moment they found right. the plane, which they sure. clearly should have. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, uh, some stuff I I definitely didn't quite understand the first time I saw this back in 98 <laughs> that is sort of I found interesting this time around was you know Bill Paxton's Bill Paxton he's got a moral compass but it's easily swayed you know so he's a guy who's like stuck in the middle of Billy Bob Thornton his brother who has a very clear moral compass even though he does mm. something terrible in the beginning he recognizes that it's terrible and he wants no part in covering it up right you know like his moral compass is very, very clearly defined, and they stick to it, you know, yeah. through the whole thing, even through the end, and what happens to him. Yeah. And then he I has his that's... wife, who's like, claims she when they have the theoretical discussion, she's like, "Oh, I wouldn't keep it. Of course, I wouldn't keep it. I just couldn't." But when it becomes a reality, she's the one who's like, "Oh, okay. Here's what you have to do," and she becomes a criminal mastermind. And every time she makes him do something, someone dies. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's, that's her fault. It's you know no. Bill, some of it is Bill Paxton just kind of stepping on his knob there, but 
she becomes sort of the most wayward moral compass to a certain I think extent. That's one of the things that disturbs me about this movie is the is the one of the, in real life the the non movie life that that exists sometimes. Um, I mean, for most of us, it's just movies. <laughs> but but for parts of life outside of movies, if you can imagine that, um, that there are people who will do horrible things just because that opportunity arises. Yeah. Like you read about it all the time. You know, you see it in the news, you know, people committing crimes or doing, you know, doing horrible things. And, and you know, so many times in the news, it's it's not like, hey, this person was always a rotten person and we knew it. It's like, oh, they seem like a normal person. And this is yeah. one of those situations where you're like, like, oh, like... Like it just seems like it it makes it so plausible because they just seem like average people, and you know yeah. though that average people, when put in the wrong circumstances, do horrible things. And we sure. and for and we see it in you know Hurricane Katrina or other other sort of calamities. You'll see that there's people who rise up and do great things, and there's people who take advantage in the situations to do horrible things. And this yeah. is one of those things that just kind of. Re- you know, is this reminder of like, hey, if you're, you know, you, me, or anybody else has presented the right cir- circumstances or the wrong circumstances, we yeah. might choose to do something horrible, and which, which to me is fascinating because, it without those circumstances, we would all just sit here and be like, oh no, I would never do that. Like, oh no, but whatever. I'm like, well, a whole bunch of us are wrong about what we think we know about ourselves. Mm-hmm. If bad things are always happening. You know, yeah. clearly they are. Right. So, yeah, anyway. I like some of those, like the various rewrites and people um, involved in this. Like somebody said, and maybe it was the maybe it's the screenwriter slash novelist guy um, Smith. He tried to make H- Hank's character more l- less evil, less or more more rational, less evil. Mm-hmm. And that's and I li- I liked that because of what you just said, Sam. Like, it's like we want to see what people what normal people will do in extreme circumstances if given the right opportunity just the right mindset just just enough desperation right. you know mm-hmm. that's really what it comes down to is just everybody had their own you know finger in the pie and you know it just shit goes haywire and 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 you know maybe maybe the shotgun and stuff some of that stuff is a little bit outlandish but not the like conspiracy conspiring against each other, like trying to choose, make yeah. make right. um, him choose, like you know, is it him or me? And he says, you know, you're my brother, I, I choose you. But then you could see, like, and I think Cohen, your the moral compass is right on because he is torn the entire time. Like he knows it's his friend, he does, and he's trying to they're trying to record him and get make sure mm-hmm. they have some evidence. There's like oh, blackmail going so on. So well done. Yeah, that scene is great. Yeah. But it also it pushes a certain level of plausibility because Billy Bob Thornton is sort of painted as this idiot, you know. But that scene, his character so masterfully sort of navigates that scene. You, you're kind of wondering, wait a minute, is he even smart enough to lay this level of groundwork over the course of you know an hour or whatever that they're sitting there and talking yeah. to the point? Because when Bridget Fonda sort of posits that idea to him it sounds ludicrous yes 
It sounds absolutely ludicrous. Like, no way. How would that ever work? <laughs> You're going to pretend to confess to murder? Mm-hmm. But then in that scene, Billy Bob Thornton lays all this groundwork, you know, that in, and we as the viewer have no idea what he's doing, not really, until that moment yeah. where he suggests it. And in that moment, you totally buy it. Yeah. You're like, holy shit. Oh, he that's, did it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll it makes the sense of... Yeah. I, I I don't know. I think that I think that that's kind of the brilliance of how this is written is that yeah. you have Bill Paxton, who's the smarter person, mm-hmm. who does wrong things, evil things, and things that aren't necessarily that smart. But you have Billy Bob Thornton, who is not smart, not successful, but has this really strong moral compass, and mm-hmm. yeah. and to me that's. That's totally plausible because you see that all the time. You know, you see you see people who are really successful do horrible things. You, you know, whether mm-hmm. whether it's like a Bernie Madoff sort of thing where it's massive, or on a much smaller scale. You know, you see that happen, and you where you, you know, the to me it was like this. This is perfect. Like he's he he's in this point where where to a lot of outsiders he seems superior. And his yeah. wife, too. You're like, she's the local librarian. She's supposed to be sweet, right? She's supposed to be whatever. And she <laughs> right. is the most conniving yeah. person who, you know. With her child like, and her, her newborn child in her hands. And she's. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, like, so that, that I think is, is part of the brilliance of the writing of it is like, is that these aren't one. None, none of these characters are one dimensional. Yeah. Yeah. At all. And, and but they're still, t- they're totally believable. It's like. You know, knowing the difference between right and wrong has nothing to do with being smart enough to, you know, be an yeah. accountant or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'll, and that, I'll and that's back. What, how it works. That's how it creates these tensions, you know, between him and his brother. Yeah. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll glom onto that with the, you know, <laughs> the, when he has, when they have the little dinner and then he says, well, you know, dad killed himself. You know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he's like, what? And you can see Bill Paxton's face is just like, he can't, not only can he not figure out how that worked, mm-hmm. he also, can't, he is looking at his brother like, how did you know, how did you know this so clearly? You know, kind of, and it's kind it ties into the farm and like, you know, I'm mm-hmm. supposed to have the farm and, you know, you, he paid for your college and you, you know, you're this, you're, the, you know, you're the good, you're the good son and I'm the other guy. Mm-hmm. And. And for the most part, he goes along with whatever uh, Hank says, you know, Bill Paxton says he, but then every once in a while, like when, yeah, when the, the first kind of murder happens at, you know, he is, he's whacked this farmer with a crowbar over the head on the snowmobile. And then he, yeah, he's contrite and he's like, oh, I gotta, and then he's like, no, this is my decision. And he gets, and he gets really upset. That's like probably the most upset he's, he is in the whole movie. Yeah. Because he's suddenly taking back this power, like of, you know, of Hank always making the decisions for the family and always kind of calling the shots and you know to say he's you know he's just being he's just along for the ride a lot of times, but he's not. He's really at least that's my take on it is that he's really has a lot of thoughts about these things. Yeah, he goofs mm-hmm. around. He's he's silly with with Lou, <clears throat> but he has real ideas about this. You know, murder or you know money or no money. It was it's really his his whole world is is kind of 
based around this town and, and his his and how things should go. And and yeah, every time every time something else happens, he's he's like, oh man, it's screwed up my vision of what what life is in this town, or or my, li- what life is with my brother, or with you know everything's. But he but he knows what's going on, and 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 yeah, and I think Bill Hank is is led around by his wife, by by Lou, by his brother a little bit, and the only my my favorite kind of you know, twist of the, of not, it's not like a, it's consistent with the character. His wife is kind of conniving and stuff, but then toward the end, she's responsible for trying to save him, like calling, calling the the sheriff's yeah. office and saying, it's him, it's him. And then you as the viewer, you have to decide whether she's helping or not. And it's really tricky. And I, that, I forgot about that too. I thought, wait a minute, is she helping? I can't remember. Or, you know, the first time I saw the same thing, like, I don't know. I don't know if I trust her. Yeah. And he and it, and he doesn't he doesn't know what to think either. Because nothing she has done. And they have they've already had their little scene of, you know, everything you've said has been, you know, it, it gets worse. Everything we do. Yeah. So that that, again, is another like really effective piece of like push and pull of like, what what do you who do you believe? Who who is. Who really knows what's going on? Uh, basically, the crows know what's going, what's going on. That's it. Yeah, a little a little heavy handed there with the uh, ominous uh, <laughs> Too many? signs of death. There, Too many the crows? crows and the fox and the, <laughs> yeah. It's a bit, it's the like, symbolism's a little bit overt. Yes. I was uh, Sean while you were talking just now I, about Billy Bob Thornton's character, <laughs> I it reminded me of Tommy Boy of all things. When, um, because I guess ultimately, you know, Billy Bob Thorne's not an idiot. That's 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 not unfair. His character's not an idiot. That's not fair. He is not an idiot. But uh, that's what made me think of um, Tommy Boy when he he says, you know, my dad's smart. I'm not. And then, uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> David Spade says, well, there's two types of smarts. There's book smarts, which waved Wave, bye bye to you a long time ago. <laughs> And then there's yeah. street smarts, you know, um, reading people and all that. So that, I feel like that's Billy Bob Thornton right there, you know, mm-hmm. like he's intuitive, he's empathetic, you know, he, he clearly knows the difference between right and wrong. He's just not very smart in a traditional sense of the word, you know, right. educational and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's set up right away too. When they first get the money, he's like, well, I'll buy a new truck. Well, he's like, well, oh, Trans Am. He's like, oh, Trans Am. Well, you know, what's well, that's too fancy or something like you know like he has real grounded goals for this money yeah yeah which you know again informs him is like just yeah he's the he's really the sympathetic character in the whole thing mm-hmm. and it really reminded me of what a good actor he is i yeah i kind of you know i love like bad santa <laughs> sure <laughs> i love all that kind of shit that he does when he plays the the screw or you know the the bad news bears stuff mm-hmm. um yeah you kind of think of him as that you know mm-hmm. I, I tend to think of him in that light yeah but he's done really good he's he's a good actor he's a yeah good, he is he's just a good actor. he's great and you know i think people i don't know maybe i'm off on this but i think people tend to sort of look at sling blade right and how good he was but i feel like he's better in this 
Yeah. And things like this where he's restrained a bit, you know, he's not over the top like Bad Santa. And and, and Sling Blade, he's great and it's a good movie, but it's a little bit gimmicky. You know, the voice and the mannerisms and stuff, you can kind of hide behind a little bit. Mm -hmm. And this, he's so convincing. He's so good. He has to make a lot more choices about how he reacts to all this news. Right, right, right. Facial things. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing I thought about Bill Paxton. I like I liked seeing him in this role, but I I'm surprised that that uh, multiple people cast these two this way because I think this started. I think the the book was bought by Mike Nichols, and he started the casting with these two in these roles. And I almost thought like, well, you know, it's almost against type because I would have reversed them. Hmm. At first glance, I would have been like, well, Bill Paxton's the, I mean, maybe, maybe it's, a, there's a look or something about him, but I mean, somehow Billy Bob can play, um, you know, a range of evil versus, I don't know, maybe, but maybe that was, I think maybe Bill that's Paxton what, just sort of has a sort of a boy next door look about him that Billy Bob Thorne doesn't really have. Yeah. yeah. You know, Bill Paxton sort of has that everybody's all American look about him or something, you know, he just, he he he's like a good looking dude you buy as like the he was probably the captain of the football team and shit or whatever you know and billy bob thornton just has kind of an outlier look about him yeah that i think is suitable for the roles they're playing in this movie hmm. see so yeah, it's just uh for people who don't remember that billy bob was nominated for best supporting actor um for the academy awards um also the golden globes and a whole bunch of other things for this um yeah oh yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and then he he won for like in, in smaller um, things. Like he he won um, the Boston Society Film Critic you know awards, best supporting actor, um, Critics Choice, uh, Chicago uh, Film Critics Association. So he he won awards for his acting for this, um, just not the two big ones, not the Academy or Golden Globe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The one thing I would say about the casting is that I think the book was based in Ohio and then they moved it some somebody suggested Minnesota and they moved to Minnesota but I mean the they all you know all the accents in this are kind of more southern yeah uh, definitely Indiana Kentucky something like that you know and Mm -hmm. and then you can yeah you could contrast that with Fargo which is leans heavily into the accents (laughs) (laughs) maybe too much but you know it's kind of missing because um I didn't think about it at all the first time around, but this time I was like, wait, Minnesota plates? This is Minnesota? And, uh, yeah. you know, but I mean, it didn't, it didn't detract too much. It's just like, eh, could have been a little more authentic. Yeah. And Ben Stiller was, was going to do it for a long time. He, I guess he did yeah, a lot he of the, rewrite. the rewrites. Yeah. yeah. Which is very interesting. Cause I can't imagine him writing this cause nothing he has ever done seems to fit this yeah, <laughs> yeah. Could, could could this end up with the sensibility of the cable guy <laughs> i mean <laughs> i don't know right well i so think it's he, i think it's interesting that that sam raimi has been friends with joel and ethan cohen for many many years joel cohen helped sam raimi edit the very first evil dead movie mm-hmm. you know and you know, they have overlap in a lot of ways. And this feels very inspired by Fargo, of course. Yeah. Well, yeah. And if you really dig down, Sam Raimi did. 
Yeah, he 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 said that he asked the Coen brothers about filming in a cold location, filming in the snow, doing the lighting, all these things to, to kind of get the the right look. Mm-hmm. So they, you know, those conversations did happen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think my favorite factoid is um, how Bill Paxton's dad got into this. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess he was well. He was aware of the book first. Um, I'm not sure where I've read that, but that he brought it to Bill and he's like, he got him interested in, in the, in the, the book and the, you know, um, and then he, yeah, Bill agreed to do it. And then the, the part you're talking about is how he shows up on the call sheet. Bill Paxton shows up and he's like, what? My dad's here. Right. <laughs> is that what you're talking about or something else? Yeah. No, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's great. <laughs> Because his dad had written a letter to Sam Raimi saying, oh, I like your, I really like this. And uh, do you have any small parts? I might be in the audition for it. And he got it (laughs) and didn't tell his son. Like, oh, hey. (laughs) And if you actually see the movie, he is the person in the feed mill that uh, is complaining about the five Mondays in one month. Right. (laughs) So. Yeah, it's all, it's all kind of all in the family. I mean, I didn't. Sam, you probably knew this, but I forget that Bridget Fonda is m- married to the music guy. You know, Danny Elfman. Danny Elfman. Yep. Yeah. Who is a double up? We've had Danny Elfman as the uh, do the do the uh, score for Batman. Mm-hmm. We we've talked about him a number of times, and this is very much a non-Danny Elfman feel to yeah. the sound. There's there's no silliness part to it, or. <laughs> And there's no, yeah, n- none of the Tim Burton-esque moments. <laughs> yeah. I liked it. I, it's pretty understated, but I liked it. I think that's what's cool about this movie is that the way it's, it, it relies heavily on solid acting and dialogue. Yeah. Like, it doesn't need anything else. Mm-hmm. And they didn't try to do anything else. Like it's, it's, you know, the backdrops are, are a little bit mm-hmm. drab and dreary. The lighting's not bright. The, it's just, you're just focused on what these people are doing to, to make stressful moments more stressful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we want. Turn it up to 11. Yeah, yeah seriously. <laughs> the um, Scott Smith, who wrote the book, uh, I, th- I think I read this book. A while back, I, I don't recall if I did or not. I think I did because I read one of his other books, The Ruins, which was made into a film oh, a few years ago, too. I read that. The book, The Ruins, is awesome. That's a good book, man. Like a good horror book. And the movie's pretty good, too. The movie, I like the movie a lot, but the did book. You? Yeah, I like the movie. The Ruins is the, is the kids that go down to, like, Mexico or somewhere, and the plants are, yeah. the plants are carnivorous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, okay. I read the book. I didn't see the movie. I enjoyed the book. It was yeah. it was a very Stephen King esque story. Very Stephen sure. King, yeah, yeah, but it was well written. Yeah, uh, I guess I, I don't know what I wanted to see in the movie that was. I mean, it's exactly like the book, but yeah, I, yeah. I guess I can't criticize the movie. It was fine. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> a little more visible. Well, I, oh, of course, <laughs> I you will. Anything. <laughs> so I don't know about you guys, but when when I was watching a simple plan, I forgot that um, Harris from <laughs> Major League was the cop in this. 
Yes. <laughs> so, like, every time he's on screen, all I can think is, up your butt, Joe Boo. <laughs> <laughs> Anything found with the scene of the crime? Vagistil, still Bardol, <laughs> Chris <Cole. laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was kind of hard to get past that. For a rub a little jalapeno in my nose. <laughs> you rub snot on the ball? Not as young as you are. <laughs> anyway. uh, is this foreshadowing for our next pick? What's going on here? <laughs> and of course, any I, like I love to see Gary Cole in anything. Oh yes, I love Gary Cole. <laughs> Absolutely. Everything he's ever been in, he's great. I love him. Yeah. I don't know how he's not in more. Right. Even in this, he had like four right. lines. <laughs> he was really good, yeah. And ambiguous, which which is which is perfect. Yeah. I feel like we're avoiding spoilers, spoilers this time around. I think I think so so Gary Cole is, is the one who comes looking for the plane as mm-hmm. they predicted yes. someone would. Mm-hmm. And um uh uh, to just go uh, and not make references to to things that nobody has any idea what we're talking about. Um, Gary Cole, <laughs> to me, is Office Space. Sure, you know, he's Bill yeah. Bill Longberg from, yeah. from Office Space, but he's in a ton of other stuff too. Yeah. But his, I think, he's been quoted a million times for being in Office Space. Yeah, that, and I also think of him as in Talladega Nights. Yeah, as yeah. a Will Will uh, Ferrell's father, <laughs> which he's great. In. If you're not first, you're last. Right. And he's like, well, there's, I don't know, there's second, there's third, <laughs> fourth. <laughs> yeah. I think I also, uh, um, the woman who gets, Lou's wife, who gets blasted across the room, that was the uh, the main character's mom in Freaks and Geeks. Oh, yeah. So it was okay. odd to see her. In that role, because it's the only thing I've ever seen her in. I think is Freaks and Geeks, where she plays a very sort of um, June Button Cleaver down. type, yeah. you know, character. Yeah, yeah, she looked familiar. I'm glad you nailed that one. Because <laughs> we don't want to bring up stuff we have no <laughs> that has no, no relation to anything. Yeah. Oh, so speaking of cast. Um, as I was watching it, I, I, I remember th- I was thinking this. I was thinking, oh, you know, I haven't seen, you know, Bridget Fonda hasn't done much lately. And so I looked her up. She hasn't been in a movie in 20 years. Whoa. Really? Yeah. Wow. Is that crazy? 20 that years crazy. since she's been in a film. It, it just it boggles my mind. That's been that long. Basically, she married Danny Elfman in... Uh, like the early 2000s, 2001 or two or three or something, and basically retired. He had young kids from previous marriage, and then they had a, a little boy together, and she just decided to stop acting and, you know, raise her family. Hmm. Good for her. Yeah. Here's a here's a trivia bit. Um, hmm. She had worked with Sam Raimi in Army of Darkness. Yes. Why? Oh, am I, right. Is she in the shop at the end or something? She is. Okay. No, no, no. Wait, is she? Is, she? is that... I couldn't remember, and I figured you would be the best one to ask that. Wait, was that her in this? Sh- she's not show? the Queen of Darkness or anything. She's not the. She's yeah. That's the that's the best I can come up with. Is she's the guy? 
She's the person in the sh- in the. No, 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 no. S- she's not. Save. Lots. She's his girlfriend in the beginning when they reenact the ending of uh, Evil Dead Two. So she's. So I don't okay. remember if you remember Army of Darkness. They recapped the ending of of Evil Dead Two and they reshot it all. Oh, they reshot it. They re- yeah, so they reshot and, it with a different actress. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So it was her playing. Um, I forgot her name. Linda. Linda. Yeah, Linda. Uh, okay. It was not her in Evil Dead Two. So for whatever reason. She did that. I don't know. I mean, she was not. She was not like a no-name actress at that point. She had already done single white female and singles and Doc Hollywood and whatever the hell else. You know, yeah. like she was. She'd been in stuff. <laughs> so I don't know. Interesting. Oh, I'm glad we cleared that up. Yes. Indeed. <laughs> so uh, okay one of the things i want to say is that this movie is free on pluto oh mm-hmm. um, yes pluto tv go for That's it pluto tv it. makes you watch commercials yeah and lots of i was them. too impatient because the first commercials came on and they started repeating themselves yeah i was like i am not watching the same commercials during the same commercial <laughs> break mm-hmm. over on a loop did you because buy they it? have no other commercials so i'm like Forget it. So I rented it for two ninety nine from Amazon. Nice, <laughs> but I respect that. But yeah. Wait, even more because because we're like, oh well, we order Amazon all the time. So not that we're plugging Amazon. They've actually they've actually stopped being our our sponsor for for this quarter um, <laughs> due to uh, price hikes. You lost Amazon. Yep. <laughs> no one's gonna buy stuff from you now. Way to go, um, Bezos. <laughs> Um, so I'm sure you just lost a billion dollars just on that. <laughs> anyway, um, we, we only do our shipping, you know, once, once a, a week. So then you get all these $1 digital credits. So it was still free. <laughs> <laughs> win, win. Nice. Yeah. I, nice. Thought, I thought it was one crazy number of ads, just the sheer yeah. number of them, two crazy uh, I mean, I think I'm, I don't know if I've ever watched anything on Pluto, but cr- crazy, like fast forward type thing. Like you had to push forward and then it said, press okay to scroll. And then you had to hit okay. And then you had to go back. It was really, yeah. it was, it sucked. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, just the, <laughs> you know, you, there's some really heavy scene and then you go to this really bright, loud commercial and then you right. try to go back to the heavy scene. It's like, Oh yeah, it's like a fucking yeah. T-Mobile commercial with all their neon pink bullshit. Yeah, it was difficult. <laughs> I mean, that movie, like IMDb lists it as two hours and one minute, and the running time on on um, Pluto was two hours and 25 minutes. Mm. So they cram in like a half hour's worth of commercials, all the same goddamn commercials. Yeah. I don't know why streaming services do that. It's so common for them to just play this. You know, if you're forced to watch commercials, which... Thankfully, mostly I we don't like Netflix and then Hulu. We pay a little extra for no commercials and that sort of thing. But when you do have to watch commercials, what the hell? Why is it always the same ones over and over? Hmm. Well, if you don't know, I don't know who who'd ask. I, know. <laughs> I have no idea. I find it maddening. <laughs> My other All pet right. peeve is so this oh, movie sorry. just for, <laughs> this movie is worth the rental. Sure. Putting it out there. Yes. It for is three worth bucks? the $2.99. Yeah, three bucks for sure. Yes. $3 for two hours and one minute of entertainment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's worth it. 
Do it. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> this movie does not need to be remade. No. It's too new. It's too fresh. It's still, it's still everything's fine about it. We kind of yeah. skipped over this, but did you guys remember much about the movie? Oh, that's funny. Uh, no, I did not. I remembered. I remembered sort of the uh, the general, the, like general um, opinion of it and the feelings I had about it. Like I remember liking it and thinking it was well done and blah 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 and very not Sam Raimi but still good and blah blah blah. So when I was watching it um, again for this, it it was seriously like seeing it for the first time. I didn't remember any of the details at all. Yeah. Sort of broad strokes, I knew shit went bad. You know, that's about it. There's money. I didn't even remember there was a crashed airplane. I couldn't remember that. I couldn't remember how much it was. I could when he hit the guy with the crowbar, I was like, oh yeah. my God, he hit him with the crowbar. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> it really was like seeing it for the first time for the most that's part. That's why they had all those crows in there. They were like, I know, a bar's coming. <laughs> so... Yes, to to me, this movie is is like so much of what they teach you in, in in customer service that it's it's not exactly what you do; it's how you make people feel. <laughs> and if you remember when you announced this movie, um, you know, at, at the end of our last review, I was like, "Oh, I remember that and people doing stupid." Like, I yeah. remember the feeling. Yeah, I don't like so much of what I watched. I didn't remember at all. Yeah, um, it just like I I would, but I remember. I was like, oh, yeah, this is exactly how I felt the first time I watched it. Just sitting there feeling like, no, please, no. <laughs> so, yeah, which is interesting that, that even though something that, that elicited such an emotional response, you can't remember the details, even though there's, like I said, there's not many movies that do that to you. Yeah. So the, the feeling stayed the same, but the details had been mostly lost. I, even I, the twist at the end, even the little, the yeah. little like drive the nail into the coffin twist. Right. Was just like, oh, I do remember too. that. Yeah. <laughs> I like that the, well, I mean, everything happens so quickly. Like they are, they just get back to the car and then, you know, uh, Hank or who's the cop? Anyway, Harris, Carl, Carl <laughs> uh, rolls up and they can't, you know, they muddle through it, but he mentions a, pl- hearing a plane and then yeah. that's part of like oh they kind of you're like oh you know like what's the dumbest thing he could say right now that's it okay he so he does that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then that's like kind of smoothed over move on to the next thing and then there's like so, so many other things that happen but then that is the impetus at the end yeah. for the fbi chase thing not chase but search i was like oh that's clever that was seems like it's such a throwaway thing but so important I think I was watching this movie and I was like, I think the, the alternate name of this movie, like maybe the working title was like Loose Lips Sink Ships. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it would not have worked at all, but definitely that's what this movie teaches you. Yeah. And, and you know, again, because Billy Bob is, is supposedly the dumb character, it's I think it's more about him being flustered and not being so easily he doesn't lie very well yeah you know that's really Mm -hmm. the the downfall it's not the yeah it's not that he's not smart enough to not you know he he's a little nervous but he was trying to be natural you know and he's i don't know i mean it's it's, when you objectively you're like that's dumb why why that's so dumb that he would say that but at the same time like 
you you know we we've don't i mean i've never really been in a situation like that found you know i haven't found fifty dollars or a hundred dollars i mean not that i can remember i once found ten dollars four hundred and twenty five dollars oh. on the street what yeah in brooklyn in a in something no no it Come was on. just no i'm serious it was just laying loose on the on the sidewalk i was i was coming home from work i just got off the subway i was walking on the sidewalk and um no no it was before i wasn't even coming from work i don't know i didn't have my job yet i was still unemployed and broke and uh i was walking and i up ahead i was just kind of looking down at the sidewalk i was just looking at my feet or whatever and i saw a couple of bills like a like a 10 and a 20 or something in a pile and i was like oh that's weird and as i Got closer, I saw it was quite a bit of money, uh, like quite a few bills anyway. I didn't know what they were. And like without even sort of breaking stride, I, 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 I bent down and I scooped them up and I uh, put them in my pocket and I kept walking. Oh, shit. And when I got home, like five minutes later, I went in my room and closed the door and I pulled out my pocket and I laid in my door. bed and I started counting it. And it was all 10s and 20s, and it was $425. Jesus Christ. And I was like, what the hell? That is so weird. And it was good because I was able to pay rent that month because of that. Because I was sober. And shortly after, I got my job. But, um, yeah, like, I was unemployed in New York for five months before I got a job, and all my money had run out. I was just, like, on credit cards and shit. <laughs> and the only, you... the, only, the only way we were able to survive, because there was four of us in a two-bedroom apartment, and so this our is, rent um, was fairly low, and 425 covered it by uh, a bit. I forgot, I forgot how much it was <laughs> exactly. So this is the episode that unintentionally proves divine intervention. Yeah. Well, that's, that was mm -hmm. my question. Like, how did you, what did you attribute, to, attribute that to? Is it karma? Is it just dumb luck? Mm -hmm. or, I, I you, don't know. You're just like, care. awesome. Yeah, <laughs> pay, pay really awesome. Here's my guess. <laughs> Go ahead. Because <laughs> I, I had this happen, and I, I picked up the money, and that someone had a bunch of stuff in their hands and they set it on top of their car so that they could get their keys out and open their car. They get mm -hmm. in their car and drive away and all the money flies off. Yeah. Wait a minute. I saw that happen. <laughs> really? I picked up all the money, <laughs> got into a car and drove after the person <laughs> and gave them their money back. You did? <laughs> yeah. I've seen that exact thing happen. And it was like, as soon as they hit the gas, it all just goes plump right onto the ground. And like, like a lot wait. of money? What? Yeah. Yeah. What the hell? Yep. That's weird. I've also seen it happen with coffee mugs more than once. I don't stop and pick those up. <laughs> I looked around. I didn't see anyone else. I didn't see another body anywhere near yeah. me. Yeah. Or I, I, my, or my, you know, my instincts would have been like to stop and ask. If someone had been standing there, like, did you just lose some money? Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't my, say how much. <laughs> my instinct would have been, I'm being set up. Somebody's got a camera on me. <laughs> well, that's why I didn't dilly-dally. I just, like, I yeah. bent down, I scooped it up, Scoop. and I kept walking. Which is why you haven't found $4 million in a plane in the forest, because you come across the plane in the forest, you're like, I know this is a setup. I'm not going in that plane. I know there's a bag of money in there and a dead body. There's, uh, there's camera somewhere. Forget it. One of the uh, supposed goofs was uh, about the the bills being marked and, mm -hmm. you know, that that isn't tracked state to state. Like that wouldn't, if you moved somewhere else, it wouldn't be found. And I was like, eh, I think we can call that a goof. And I, and I 
also would like a reference. You know, I'd like to know. Yeah, is that true? I don't think so. I mean, you could. I don't. I don't know. It didn't. It didn't list a source or anything. But I'm assuming they meant that in the state, like if they're if if you have serial numbers that you're tracking in a certain area, that that would you know it would show yeah. up if you're looking for it. You know, if the FBI is looking yeah. for it. But if you moved few states over they they can't look in every single yeah. state but one thing i thought was a little i mean it's it's not silly it's not it's it's not that's not a flaw in the film it's just something i was thinking when we were watching it is that my wife and i is that i kept thinking just keep it just keep it and spend a little bit at a time go to a casino yeah you know right go get five thousand dollars in chips Lose five hundred and cash them in. Yeah, there you've just laundered five thousand dollars worth of money. Isn't that kind of what they do in do, Hell or High Water? They go to a casino and yeah. launder some of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <coughs> you know, and things like that. Or, you know, buy your groceries in cash every week, and keep your paycheck in your bank account. You know, like there, right. there's ways of using that money in virtually invisible ways that even if they are marked, you're never going to get fucking caught. You know, <laughs> it's just there's money all of a sudden. So anything you buy in cash, you buy in cash and your paychecks, you put in the bank. It can yeah. still so be helpful. The you don't have to teach buy a Ferrari. How to launder money. <laughs> and that there's divine intervention. Right. <laughs> uh, it's the film with three police records. That's <laughs> <laughs> kind of a one stop shop. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right, so we've covered all the, the stuff we need to. Uh, I think you could be a teenager and enjoy this movie. Sure. Yeah. I don't know that you'd be 13, but I think you could be like 16 and be like, okay, that was messed up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, I wanted to go back to the goofs. Mm -hmm. About the money thing. If you, read the, if you read the goofs at IMDb, the very last one is so inane. It simply says... Oh. Vacant farmhouse has little snow on roof. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that a goof? I know. Is that really worth some dipshit getting on IMDb, logging in and typing that out? <laughs> yeah. Vacant farmhouse has little snow on roof. There's also one that said the, the scar it. on his head went from the right side to the left side. And I... I don't think so. Yeah, I, I don't remember seeing it. And also I was like, well... Could that be a mirror? Could that be the way you... I don't know. I don't know. It just seemed... Well, to that point, odd. I will say this. I notice this sometimes. It's not that often, but I do notice on occasion when in in post, they horizontally flop an image. And you see it once in a while. And the most... Uh, the clearest one I ever saw was in one of the Transformers movies. The um, There's a street sign and all the words on it were backwards. Hmm. That's cool. And clearly they had flopped it. And you see it sometimes in people's clothing. And there's there's a lot of reasons you do it. I've done it I've done it myself plenty of times. It's you know, like if you inadvertently break the 180 rule, sometimes you will flip it so their eyeline is right and things like that and and you see that sometimes. So it, 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 I'm not saying that's the case here, but that is a possible explanation for something like that. It's not necessarily a mistake. Sometimes it's just by necessity mm -hmm. in the edit to make something else work better. Right. Well, as long as we're going through the list, the first one is interesting. It says, <laughs> when the money is burned, it says, there's some of the bills that say motion picture use only. <laughs> Could that be true? I, is I it, guess. Is I didn't catch thing? it. I didn't see it. I don't know. It, it Maybe. 
I thought they burn real money. I thought that's why the budget was so high for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the Fed has to burn bills every now and then. Like, you know, I always burn. thought there was some rule you couldn't have real money on camera in movies. Hmm. Some, like, federal rule of some kind. You know, some treasury type thing. What? I don't know. I don't know if that's true. It's like some shit rat around my brain for the last 20 years. I don't know if it's true or not. Yeah. I think it's more like then they have to worry about having real money. <laughs> yeah. Listeners, if you know the answer to these questions, please write us. <laughs> the interns are overworked and demand too much chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. And the other one, the other one is uh, that the funeral scene is in Minnesota. The ground would be frozen and therefore they would have like a, you know, a spring interment. It, you know, they would, they wouldn't do the funeral part or the uh, burial part until spring. But to that, I say, mm, I'm not so sure because one, it's snowing in most of the movie and us Midwest types know that if it's snowing, it's not that cold. <laughs> <laughs> you're good. If you're snowing, you're good. If it stops snowing, uh-oh, shit's cold. <laughs> uh-oh. Um, I just want to go back to the idea that someone would write us something and mention that we do have an email address that no one has ever Ooh. sent an email to. Maybe because is, we haven't shared it. <laughs> right. It is the film with three brains at gmail.com, all spelled out, no spaces or punctuation. Um, I do have a message, an update oh, that yeah? I received. Yes. It's not, not a real letter, but I got sent a link. And the link <laughs> is to... Um, so wait, before I get to that... Um, Cinema law, uh, there that this has already been answered that it's that it's the it is incorrect. You are allowed to use real cash yeah. in motion pictures. Huh. There's actually a code, U.S. code, under the topic heading "Printing and Filming of United States and Foreign Obligations and Securities," 18 U.S.C. 4504. Blah blah blah. You get to do it. So the. Um, you're and the thing is that you're actually better off using real money when you can, because if you make prop money, it has to re it has to have certain requirements because otherwise you're making counterfeit money. Oh. So, right. yes. Hmm. So, so then they have all these rules on if you're making counterfeit money to be used in films what you should actually do. Um, <laughs> so that also is probably not going to help the money launderers in any way. <laughs> um, but that's the first thing. The second thing um, is that I got a link to, and maybe you guys saw this, a woman had posted a... Um, uh, uh, little snippet video thing i'm not going to mention which which one because um because of certain uh uh negotiations for advertising that i don't mm, want to violate so anyway <laughs> yeah we're, we're soon to be sponsored by someone who likes clicks um so uh mandy patinkin responded to this person this person said that that um the that you know cancer you know, killed her father and, and that she was thinking of, of how to fight back against cancer. And, and she thought of the, hello, my name is Inigo Matoya. You killed my, anyway, she posted all this and she posted a story <laughs> and that quote and Mandy Patinkin actually wrote back to her post 
and said, you know, that was part of, that was really an inspiration for me because my father had also died of cancer. And then when I read this part, I felt like, so he had, it was, you know, came up in the news again that, um, that, that his, his emotion for that, for that scene was, was, was real, that it was, he was thinking of his father. Hmm. Anyway, I thought it was interesting. goes back to our, yes, one of our very first, uh, movie reviews. Episode three. Yeah. Yes. And I'll nerd out a little more and say that I think I mentioned that, that is, that he had lost his father in that episode. I didn't know it was cancer though. So, you know. Ah, so maybe the person who sent it to me didn't recall that. But anyway, I didn't recall it. That was so many episodes ago. I mean, we've... we've That was pre-COVID and stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. I can't remember back then. BC. I still could could smell back then. (laughs) Kidding. You smell now. You shouldn't make light. Yeah. (laughs) Um... You guys want to know what we're doing next? Yes, indeed. No. Oh, don't tell us. Okay, never mind. <laughs> oh, it'll be an interesting next episode. Now <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't yes. take it. Tell us. Um, this movie might have been the inspiration for a line in the movie Airplane. <laughs> Hmm. This... What an odd clue. Yeah, I, I know. This it might have been... have been the inspiration. Yes. The movie was an inspiration? Or something in the movie? Can you tell us that? Yeah, both. Okay. Like the. the... So right. a line in Airplane might have inspired the movie you're picking. Yes. Hmm. <laughs> no, the other way around. The movie I'm picking might have inspired. I'll even give you oh, a bigger hint. Wait, 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 wait. A question. I got it. In. I yep. got it. Russell Clogue. Yeah. Gr- Gladiator. Oh, you're you were oh. you were so close. Because there's there's only there's only so many questions he asked. Uh what are the questions? Are you not entertained? No, no, no. The question in the airplane. He's he's like oh. Do you like Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> do you like movies about gladiators? Have you ever seen a <laughs> grown man naked? Grown man naked. <laughs> All right. You're halfway there. Uh, uh, shit, what's the other one? Do you, uh, shoot. I'll give you the third one. I'm not yeah. going to give you the fourth one. Joey, do you ever hang around the gymnasium? <laughs> 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 There's one more. Ah, <laughs> oh, oh, shit, I can't damn remember. It. <laughs> We're so close. It's the gladiator and the grown man naked one always stuck out in my brain. Uh... Right, is is it a dead giveaway or is it uh, if we get the line? Oh yes, okay. as soon as I say, okay. say it, it's something to do with the prison. Oh. oh, have you spent any time in prison? No, that's not what he says. What does he say? Have you, <laughs> Joey? Have you ever been to a Turk? Been in a Turkish, Turkish prison? prison. Oh. Yes. All right. So Midnight Express. Midnight Express. Yes. Oh, that's a good clue. I like that clue. That was. Yeah. I can't believe I couldn't remember the Turkish prison line, oh. prison line from Airplane. I feel defeated. <laughs> well, Midnight Express is a really good movie. Um, well, I wanted to go back to the 1970s and um, wanted to just do something very different than my previous picks. 
And so, yeah, I don't know where I came up with it except for, yeah, I saw it once. Don't really remember it. You were so uncomfortable with this movie, you figured, let's <laughs> let's ride it out. Let's, yeah, let's, let's really push it. Yeah. <laughs> Go to drug smuggling from, uh, from uh, murder and stealing money. That's right. Looks like it's not available on any of the standard streaming services. It's just available for rent or purchase. Two ninety nine, Amazon Prime, and Vudu. Nice. Choose Vudu. Well worth it. <laughs> yes. I like that. Get the little guy some money. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Vudu's the little guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Compared to Amazon. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, uh, Vudu was just by who? purchased by Walmart, I think. Oh. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Voodoo economics? Voodoo. <laughs> Something D O O. Doo doo. Well, I guess that about wraps it up. <laughs> yeah. This is, it's, it's plan and simple. This is our best uh, episode yet. Oh, yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That was terrible. I'm out. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening. For the love of God, just stop.